You are listening to the Contemplative Motherhood Podcast. My name is Chelsea. I'm a teacher, practitioner, spiritual director, and pilgrim. And I'm Erin, a creative, homeschool educator, counselor, and spiritual seeker. Listen in as we dive deeper into the contemplative lifestyle through hearing about each of our lives. You'll hear our triumphs, failures, practices, and mistakes as we journey together. You might even hear a kid or two in the background. So grab some coffee, tea, curl up, and take off your shoes. You are welcome here. Now let's get started. Well, hello, everyone. I am Erin Thomas, and you are listening to another episode of the Contemplative Motherhood Podcast. I am super excited to be here with you today, and as always, I am with my dear friend and co-host, Chelsea Whipple. And today we are going to talk about a subject that I am extremely passionate about, mostly because this, I feel like, is a learning opportunity um, for me and just a continually uh, evolving practice in my contemplative lifestyle. Um, If you are a new listener today, welcome. We hope that you enjoy. And today we're going to talk about saying no. Okay, this is a huge topic, and we could probably go on about this for days. Um, But I want to start off the conversation, and Chelsea has done a really great job of sort of um, giving us a template to unpack this. But uh, Chelsea, I'm, I'm curious to start off this conversation. How does saying no relate to being a contemplative mother? And exactly who are we saying no to? Take it away, my friend. Erin, thank you so much for that lovely introduction and, you know, our great lead off question. So with this episode, first, I have to point out, I find it ironic how when our kids first learn to speak, they learn the word no very quickly. And then it seems to be their main word in their vocabulary well into the teenage years. But for most of us, not all of us, some of us are really good at saying no, but for most of us, we struggle with saying no. Maybe not to our kids. I mean, I'm really good at saying no to my kids most of the time. You know, but for those outside our family unit, that can be a hard word to say. And as I begin this topic, I first need to say that I fall under the category of not being able to say no very well. I get myself into quite a few too much task lists um, because I am a people pleaser and I acknowledge that about myself. But I'm much better now simply because I recognize that I have a problem with saying no, that I feel guilty or I uh, feel like people are going to look at me differently or, you know, whatever the reason is. Um, But I recognize that now being on the contemplative path, you know, um, trying to be more intentional and be more aware. And the problem with having the trouble saying no for us is that we transform ourselves into busy bodies. All of a sudden, it can happen without you even noticing. And I can say that because that's how I would describe myself, that I'm very much of a busy body, that I just do, do, do. I mean, from the time that I open my eyes, I can think of my to-do list is starting to already go into my head. 
And I try to be very intentional that no, I don't need to do all those things today. You know, what's the most important thing? You know, what am I lining myself to? But I'm jumping ahead of myself. Um, So being a busybody, I admit sometimes I still am. But I find or I found that I was doing stuff for the sake of doing rather than any meaning of whatever I'm doing gives me. So for example, accomplishments and feeling important uh, used to be my drivers. And that's where I felt good about myself. For me, they fed my ego. So I would do anything that led to feeling accomplished and important. And if you've listened to my bio episode, which is the very first episode of season one, you'll know that it really led me to feeling empty in my life and did not bring me joy. And so I realized that doing for the sake of doing did not bring me joy. It led to stressed out and who I like to call cranky Chelsea. And I ended up with a lot of health problems. I was very tired, um, overworked, and at some point ended up in the hospital. So I stress is a trigger point for me. I can feel stress very easily. And I'm sure we can all relate to that. You know, I had a lot of stress and anxiety in my life. Now, our primary topic, though, for this episode, saying no, doesn't have to do uh, with our ego as much, but I, I do want to explore this um, and see if this resonates with you. Because often we, when we say yes, it is um, because of our ego that's saying yes and not our heart center. So stay with me here. I'm going to explore some terms here. And some of you might understand this using other terms. This might be the first time you've heard this defined this way. So ego for me is best described as our motivation, um, as our identities, and all of this can be good and or bad. And ego, I have to say this, ego is not bad, okay? It, it, it's who we are. It's what makes us unique individuals that, that, that's created by sacredness. But ego can become bad when it's our main driving force, when it's our center, when we make it the center of our lives. And when we give it too much power and allow our identities and motivation to be the most important above others, God, and even ourselves. Now, the heart center is not the opposite of ego. Uh, since we as contemplatives operate kind of as a whole self and not separate selves, we, you know, you don't want to think of it as uh, here or there or, you know, this is the opposite of this. Um, but the heart center can be described as the core of our being. Okay, so st- keep, keep with me here. And sometimes um, you can hear the same definition pretty much uh, with ego as the false self and uh, the heart center as the true self. So those are some other terms you'll hear too uh, if you explore this topic more. And so this heart center, that center of our being, that core is where we want to operate from. So the saying yes to is coming from our heart center and and I'm gonna go more into detail with that. And so the heart center, and we want to orient the ego to operate out of the heart center. So we want the ego to rest in the heart center. 
And we want that heart center to kind of be the main directive that directs the ego and allows the ego to rest anchored in us. And this heart center is where I try, keyword try, is to look at when decisions of yes or no come into play in daily life. And I want to pause for a second because I, I want to turn it to you, Erin. You know, what are some of your thoughts here in relation to ego and the importance of recognizing when ego is saying yes and not our heart center? Yeah, gracious. Um, you have done such an amazing job of breaking this down. And um, <laughs> so I have so many thoughts about this, to be honest. But um I, I, I love so much of this and I appreciate you teasing out these contemplative terms. Um, I know when I first started to read and research a little bit more about the contemplative lifestyle, it was a bit intimidating to grasp these concepts because for me, it almost felt like a conjoining of theology and psychology a little bit. And I was pretty intimidated. Um, but as I have fleshed out this lifestyle and, you know, taking notes from friends like you who have um, broken down these terms into practical ways to apply them, I feel like in a broad sense, we as in general, as people, a lot of us may be familiar with driven, being driven by the heart center per se. Um, and so I thought it might be helpful to use myself sort of as an example or a guinea pig. Um, you know, Chelsea, you gave your example of <clears throat> coming to that point where you had that sort of checkpoint um, and, and where you realized that there was a lot of significant things in your life that were unfulfilling and how you sort of came into this contemplative lifestyle. Um, I have a very similar sort of story in the sense that I came from a really driven family of origin. Um, and as with most American families, I feel like um, I felt the need to measure myself by what I could place on my resume. And I'm also an extremely driven personality. Uh, we've talked a little bit about that. So, you know, if it wasn't a marketable skill or a characteristic that I found helpful in the long run, I just didn't really honestly think it was of great importance. Um you know, but in reality, I think how many of us have gotten to that crisis point where we have a wake up moment or the light bulb goes off where we realize that there are certain times in life, maybe it was the pandemic or whatever, that you can't control or talk your way out of a situation, you know, and I can't put this on paper. This is not um, going to feed my paper self or my ego. And at that point, to be honest, it's just really uncomfortable to uh, hit this point where you realize that what feels like a lot of work, <laughs> you know, towards my ego um, wasn't fulfilling my life. And, you know, like you said, there's nothing to be, um, I, I think, you know, we tend to think of the ego as all bad. And, and I want to say the same thing in the sense that it does serve a logistical purpose and, and other purposes, but um, there is a level of 
it being uncomfortable, you know, in the sense that if I realize that that's what's been my motivating driving force um, and my desire to have something on paper, then, you know, I, we all come to this checkpoint at some point or another. And for me, just like for many other moms, often it's when you have children, um, you're, you realize that your heart needs a connection with these children. And these moments, these present moments are the ones that are more important. Um, But that doesn't mean that we table our ego per se all the time, right? This is going to be sort of an ongoing battle. Um, I think there is a consistent wrestling that occurs. And and so to not acknowledge that would just, you know, be silly. (laughs) But I think it's also important to notice that As you become aware of your ego and and more aware of your heart center and what's driving you, you will notice that there are times when we feel more at peace. Um, And that is the time I feel like for me when I know that I'm being driven by my heart center and and I'm using that to guide my path rather than – and my spiritual journey rather than my um, ego. You know, I and I think it's important to say, you know what? There are plenty of times, even on a daily basis, that we have to realign. Um, but that's another reason why we say, I like to say, taking inventory. But in a sense, when you come become more comfortable with recognizing the heart center, um, as opposed to what fuels my ego, um, you'll find that you are more likely to see your desire and your drive behind that and become more comfortable with it. And so that's sort of what happened to me um, and continues to happen. But it was definitely sort of a moment where um, my heart center recognized that I was now a mother and my priorities changed. And that's where it all began. Uh And so, Chels, I'm interested, pivoting sort of back to this saying no concept. How can letting go of our main drivers, a.k.a. our ego, or paper ego, as I like to call it, how can letting go of those drivers and saying no to help bring a sense of relief instead of a sense of disappointment? How can saying no help bring a sense of relief instead of a sense of disappointment? I'm interested, you know, like, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I like that. You know, how can we have saying no uh, help to bring a sense of relief instead of a sense of disappointment, which I'm still working on. But, you know, in seeking to walk with a daily awareness, I'm learning to let go with the desire of accomplishments, you know, with that desire of feeling important. I am much more attuned to the spirit. And here's the key, learning to love myself for who I am and not what I can produce. I'm not perfect. Um, I sometimes just don't get things done. I sometimes have too much anxiety. I sometimes worry about things I shouldn't worry about. That's just who I am. And this is teaching me the importance of saying no. You know, as mothers, we are already maxed out on things. We can do moment to moment. There's only one of us. And as much as I tell my kids, I am physically unable to do more than one thing at a time. So in order for me to add something 
to my plate. It has to be heart driven. It has to give me joy. And it has to be energy inducing as opposed to energy draining. And I don't know who listening has felt that there is so much on your plate at the moment that you feel like you're giving 50% to everything, sometimes even 5% to everything, and you're just not doing anything right. You are just pulled in too many directions that you can't give your full attention to anybody or any project. And so you feel like you're just getting by and failing at everything. You know, if you can relate, raise your hand, give a shout. I can't tell you how many times I've had this conversation with others and with myself. And, you know, I still can sometimes feel that way. But I I feel like that right there, that feeling offers an invitation. An invitation to stop and evaluate. To ask ourselves, what is important? Who's driving? Is it my ego that's out of my core of my being? Or is it my heart? Is it coming from that heart center? Is it giving me joy? You know, and not fleeting happiness, but that deep inside internal joy. Is it draining my energy? Or is it giving me energy even if it's exhausting? You know, asking those hard questions. It is so important to stop and check in with ourselves. I'm not going to give you the organizational life lessons that at some point so many give, you know, write a list, check it off one thing at a time. You know, those are all good prompts to do, but I would like to take it more inward. Not look at how to externally get multiple tasks done at a time, but how to inwardly look at ourselves for a change. We are really good at being multitaskers and organized by society. But what we aren't taught is to stop and ask ourselves if it's worth it. If we're feeling guilty by all that's on our plate and not feeling like we can do it all, then ask ourselves why? Why do we feel like we have to max ourselves out? That we have to do everything only to feel like we aren't good enough. What does that really accomplish? Now, I'm sure some of us at this point are thinking, well, what about those things we can't say no to? Like kids' activities, chores, work, menial tasks that don't get the ability to think about and ask why. They just have to get done. And to put it plainly, those are part of our routines. Part of our cycle that isn't something we ever get to say yes to. But we can turn those into rituals, purposeful rituals. And I'm not going to talk about that here, but if you're interested in learning how to turn those routines into rituals, um, just a quick plug, you know, you can listen to episode six where we tackle that particular subject. Now, Erin, I've been a little animated and a little impassioned and, and revved up a little bit. But how have you learned to say no as part of your contemplative practice? Oh, goodness. This is really good stuff, uh, my friend. I am (laughs) – you have hit the heart center for sure on this one. And 
I'll be honest, I think you're talking to me at some times, but, um, you know, some seasons more than others uh, is where I have been better at this practice than, than you know, say right now per se, uh, where we're hitting that sort of busy season before school starts. And um, you shared that guarding your heart and sacred spaces in this way is – you know, really made it apparent and easier to say no. And I think that's really important. I agree 100%. Um, You know, as a person who has a counseling background, I think I tend to utilize the word boundaries a lot. Um, But either way, the idea of telling people that I can't fulfill a request as a helper personality is, you know, same for you. It's just really challenging. Um, and it's so funny because I realized that it's just, you know, the word no is, <laughs> it's two letters, you know, um, but they're just a really hard concept for me. And I ask myself often why this is the case. Um, you know, part of it is is tapping in a little bit to that personality characteristics of I tend to be an empathetic person. I um, enjoy hospitality. I have a mother heart. Um, so I think a lot of mothers will sort of resonate with this in the sense that I, I tend to feel guilty by letting someone down, whether it's, you know, my children. Um, I don't struggle with that as much in the sense of telling them no, but just not being able to fulfill the requests of others. Um, you know, that's, that's a hard concept. But one of the things I think that has changed my viewpoint about this is that there, we talk a little bit about developing this spiritual vision or this heart vision um, that comes with a certain type of practice. We talked with this um, with gratitude. So if you're interested in looking at that, I do recommend it. Um, there is a spiritual vision or honing in on a heart vision that comes with the continual practice of placing a boundary, of saying no. And allowing that to take root in our lives. I think it allowed me, this allowed, you know, I don't say that in a past tense, it's continually allowing me to see that the practice of saying no uh, is 100% of a perspective shift of saying no to the things that and tasks that di- didn't and don't matter, um, but more to the people that do in the sense that, I've now learned to focus on relationships and joy and the quality that comes with that. Inevitably, I have a similar experience for you. We often find that, you know, I realize that I tax myself a lot of times for a task list of doing, right? Busybody, I love that term. Um, But it was not just crossing my boundaries of time. Um, it was also allowing access to my family's sacred time together and it's taking away from our family culture. And even it was affecting the quality of mother that they get at home. You know, I think a lot of us sort of said that, like you said, cranky Chelsea, I get cranky Aaron. And that's just simply, you know, that's not, that's not a fruit of a practice I want or that I wanted, you know? Um, and so In the past, I have been fueled by my task lists and my achievements and my productivity. I recognize that I enjoy being productive. Um, But, 
you know, asking myself what my desire is in this. And my desire is not to feed my paper ego or my resume, um, but rather my heart center and fruits of intentionality that I desire in my life. And as a result, it bleeds over into my family's life. So practically, I think you really nailed this. Like, does this give you life or drain you of life? Does it provide fulfillment or meaning to your purpose in a spirit-filled life? Um, And asking yourself if you're being present with the divine and present with your children. Um, Are you able to be present in whatever relationship it is that you're sowing into? Uh, You know, there there are relationships that are going to be more uh, fulfilling and some that are going to be more taxing. It's one of those things too, I think, where you ask, how much more value does my time have than I give it credit for? Um, You know, we say that the years are long and, or the days are long and the years are short. And that's true when you're a mother. The days are long and the years are short. Babies don't keep and children grow up. Mothers and motherhood has its seasons, right? Very quickly. And you can't press the stop button. And I don't want to constantly be pressing the stop button on my family or my children because I have a task list, right? Or I have jam-packed my life accomplishments. Um, and so I think it's really important to ask myself those sorts of questions, Um, because your ego is always going to be hanging out in the background. It's not really going to go anywhere in the sense that, you know, this is always going to be part of our being, but recognizing where our, um, desires lie and what we're focusing on. So, you know, if you're listening, I just, we talk about this a lot, but, um, I want to encourage you to guard your time and your heart, guard your relationships and, in a sense, like truly ask yourself practically, what does this look like? Um, I think it's really important to have a practical application. So for me, um, some questions I ask myself or you may ask yourself is, does it mean I observe a Sabbath um, or a rest day? Do I block off certain times for a relationship um, with relationships that you're prioritizing? Do I take one day off of doing? You know, that's hard as a mom, but Maybe that's something you feel like you really need to do. Um, I can't tell you what that looks like for you. Um, uh, for example, for me is, is, you know, this is just what it looks like in my life. This may be a morning quiet time with meditation, a evening reading for my, to fill my own spirit. Uh, no cell phone for me at the table. I know technology has to have its boundaries too. Um, Family time on the weekends has to be a priority. Um, And we try to do one weekend freer a month. I realize that this is not all going to work for your family or for yourself. Um, But you determine really what this looks like for you. And inevitably, I think you'll find that when we're putting these sort of practical intentions, into our daily lives, our vision will absolutely change. So um, that's sort of, I hope that explains it a little bit. Oh, Erin, this is just wonderful. So 
you know, kind of what you talked about with all this discussion in mind, who would we say we're saying no to? Ah, yes, my friend, this is the ultimate question. Who are we saying no to, right? Um, First of all, I want to thank you so much for sort of starting us out on just a really deep conversation that I just feel like we're going to be able to glean major, major life changes in this um, if we're willing to take the time, you know. We talk a lot about – doing inventory. And I think this is just one of those time periods where a lot of us are finding an opportunity to do that. So every episode we talk about, um, you know, what, what is our driving force? I I think we mentioned this more than, more than just now, but, um, to unpack that a little bit and saying, no, we've talked about boundaries I think it's important to realize that we're not just saying no to our driving force of ego, which is clearly the most obvious choice, right? Um, But we're also saying no to the temptations of a world's definition of what my accomplishments are and your accomplishments are. We are saying no to allowing the world to define what it means to be a mother, a woman, a wife, a friend, a fill in the blank, you know? It also means that we're saying no to things that remove our quality of life and the quality of life of others around us, the quality of our relationships. And there may be some uncomfortable times where it means that sometimes we're saying no to certain value systems, characteristics, or beliefs that we've held onto um, in our past that don't really fit into our life now. Um, And you know what? That's okay. I think it's important for us to say there are time periods when we're going to do inventory of these value systems and beliefs that we've held on to um, and have been taught, and they may not be applicable at certain points in our life, and we have to let it go, and that's okay. Um, I think ultimately what we're saying yes to is the focus and, and the most important part, and that's that we're saying yes to the heart of a contemplative. We're saying yes to being a contemplative mother. And what we're saying yes to is to being present, being intentional, being mindful in our invitations of the sacred into this motherhood journey. We are saying yes to being a contemplative mother. What that looks like, I mean, I guess that's really up to you. Um, We do a practice, and um, Chelsea graciously allowed me to share this one in particular. Um, I'm super passionate about this particular practice, mostly because the fruits that it has shown in my life are huge. Um, You may be familiar with um, brain dumping. If you're not, um, this is a term where you literally just dump your brain onto a sheet of paper. Um, But I want to add a little bit more meaning and value to this practice. Um, So often before you go to sleep is when we're taught to sort of brain dump or if it's hindering us in other ways. Um, In our daily life, we may implement this practice at other times. Um, But brain dumping um, is sort of a a term that's become popular. Um, And 
one of the things I think it's important to note is that the brain dumping in particular in this area for this practice is actually putting on your task list on a piece of paper. So not literally every thought you have, um, which can be part of brain dumping. But in this particular practice, I challenge you to sort of take a sheet of paper and just write down all the tasks that we quote unquote think we need to accomplish this week, right? And as you're writing this out, I want you to sort of picture that there's a a spiritual process is happening as well as a physical process of putting this on paper. We are putting in and on paper all of the tasks and roles and um, things that we think we have to do this week. Then when you're done dumping all of this onto a piece of paper, take a deep breath and put it aside where you can't see it. And that's going to be hard, right? Um, But take a moment to just calm yourself, be present, be present where you are at that time period, and move forward by asking for this vision, asking for the divine to lead you in areas of your life that are specifically a vision for your heart. And this can be sort of a broad concept, so I want to give a couple of practical aspects. Questions that might help with this are, what do I wish I spent more time doing? Where is my heart focus? What are my priorities in life? What relationships are important in my life right now? Um, And Charles said the same, said a few things, if it's bringing you joy, if it's not bringing you joy. Um, Is it life-giving or is it draining us of life? Those are all really practical concepts. And as you write these out intentionally and with that sort of mindset of having this vision and you see these surface, check over your list and look at these intentions. Look at these priorities and allow them to surface. Be present with them for a moment. And when you're ready, Put these pages side by side. Put your task list and your brain dump beside the sheet of priorities and intentions and heart focus. And when you're ready, I want you to see this picture of your priorities beside this brain dump task page and do a bit of a checkpoint. Do an inventory. Aside from the things that are rituals, and anchors in our day, things that have to be done, right? Um, again, have to is a strong definition. But, you know, look at these anchors and rituals in your day, in your routine, and go through this list and ask yourself, is this something that is driven by my heart center? Or is this something that's ego-related? And that doesn't mean that we are checking off a good and a bad list. It just means that we are refocusing our vision on what our heart center, what is heart center driven and what is ego related. So it doesn't necessarily mean that, um, you know, you're going to cross everything off of your task list, right? Like, wouldn't we all love to have a moment where we're just not doing anything? But really what you're asking yourself is, what are my intentions and priorities? 
a few questions that might help. Um, I like to give practical examples is, is it necessary? Is this excess in some way or another? And is it aligned with my intentions as a contemplative mother to be present with my children and my family and to be present with the divine? And then I want you to give yourself permission to cross off what doesn't fall in that category. Cross it off of that brain dump list. That's your quote unquote to-do list. And just say no. And that's okay. Give yourself permission to say no. What a wonderful practice. That would be interesting. I've never tried that before, but I will have to now. I would like to see what my brain would dump out. Um, But I'm going to end us with our quote today. And it's from one of my favorite ones, my my, uh, Sufi mystic poet Rumi. And he leaves us with this wonderful thought. When you do things from your soul, you feel a river moving in you, a joy. So thank you all so much for listening today. And I really can't wait to learn what you said no to. And hopefully this helped. And even what you said yes to because you felt like it was going through that heart center. And dropping the guilt. I just want to say goodbye to guilt. So thank you so much for listening. I can't wait to uh, hear from you guys and we will see you next time. Thank you again for joining us today on the Contemplative Motherhood Podcast with us, your host, Aaron Thomas and Chelsea Whipple. To get regular updates on our podcast, hear new episode drops, interact with us about past and future episodes, and find our show notes, make sure to go to our website, www.contemplativemotherhood.org. As always, we appreciate your support of this podcast and in helping us share our journey with others. So if you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. This helps us to cross paths with other pilgrim mamas across the board. So until next time.